0: when someone comes into your system, your CRM, they're not just like a warm, like cool lead. Like this is a hot lead. They are coming into your system. They are ready to work with you or ready to hear more about your services. And you're not the only person out there providing what you provide. I am not the only person providing sado. So Mm -hmm. if they don't hear back from me, they're going to go find someone else. And I could have been the right person for them. But if we don't connect, then we're never going to find that out.
1: Welcome to the Coffee with Courtney podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Marie, web designer and CEO of Courtney Marie & Co. After building a multiple six-figure design agency, I wanted to create a podcast to share everything I've learned and am still learning to help you grow your business. Each week, you'll hear from me and other experts, share tips on branding, marketing, business, and so much more. So if you're ready to learn how to run a successful business and stand out online, grab your cup of coffee and let's dive in. Welcome back. So today our guest is Taryn Rochelle. She is a systems and client experience expert who helps five to six-figure service providers elevate their clients' experiences with them and create systematized processes that save them time. So I'm super excited about this episode because I don't think client experience is Talked about enough, like you're just told, oh, yes, you should have a good client process, client experience. But today, in this episode, we're really breaking down um, the full client experience from the time they become a lead to the time that you offboard and what that relationship should look like continuing um, even after you offboard them. So, lots of golden nuggets for you in this episode. Uh, excited to dive in. Okay, so. You explain to us kind of what you do and who you help. I know you specialize in client experience and systems, um, but I'd like to hear from you. You know, what does that look like?
0: Yeah, of course. So uh, my name is Taryn Rochelle. I'm the CEO and founder of The Social Lifestyle Co., and I am a systems and client experience expert And I help five to six figure service providers create really efficient systems that streamline their processes and create more time in their business, but is also elevating their client experience. So a lot of times with systems, we just think, oh, we're just going to get time back in our day and all this. But it's also about the client. And that's where I feel like the Social Lifestyle Co. is different is we really take into consideration the client experience from when someone's a lead, all the way through offboarding, mm-hmm. and by offboarding, I don't just mean like bye, see you yeah, later. See you later. <laughs> yeah, then we talk about client retention. We talk about referrals. Referrals are personally my number one like lead generator. My referrals are really huge in what I do, mm-hmm. um, in what a lot of my clients do as well. I'm sure for you is the same. Um, I mean, I know I'm tagging Courtney and <laughs> mentioning her and anything that has to do with. Kajabi and now show it. So I definitely like to make sure that the client experience is elevated. Um, I specialize in Dubsado, Trello and Slack, um, and also Zapier integrations.
1: Ooh, I love that. I definitely want to dive into those platforms. Cause that was one of my questions. Um, yeah. how did you get into systems? Did you, were you always into it?
0: No, so I actually started more in the content marketing world. And, but the way I always came to the idea with content creation is I always talked about it with having a system in place. You know, people think, oh, I need to, you know, learn how to batch content or create content. Yes, but what's your system for creating it? Because Mm -hmm. that's what's going to help you become more consistent and actually have efficient content and not just putting content out there just to put it out there. Um, And so I always was coming to my clients with The systems in mind for content marketing, and I realized that that's what I actually enjoyed and loved was the systems part of it. And so I really started diving more into that. And I still talk about content marketing, but it all comes down to having a strong system in place to do so. Um, A lot of times people are like, "Well, how does like the Social Lifestyle Co. come into play?" Like that name of having it be with systems and. I think that having an online business, you do need to incorporate some kind of like social media strategy. Some kind of content strategy. But in order to be social efficiently, you need to have systems that can support your content marketing and that visibility. And -hmm. you can have all the visibility in the world. But if your systems aren't set up to support it, then you're going to have these people, you know, come into your CRM and then like you never like reach back out to them because there's no follow-up, there's no systems in place. So that's how we Create the social lifestyle co is by saying that you know we can have you have a system that allows you to stay social, um, mm-hmm. but it's built oh, to like scale that. and built to have that visibility aspect of your business.
1: Yeah. So, how has setting up systems in your business like really helped you, um, pers- on a personal level, and then on a business level?
0: Yeah. So on a personal level, I am a mom of two. Um, I have a almost three-year-old and a almost seven-year-old, which is crazy. (laughs) Um, And I just know that I want to be very present with my kids. And I built my business so I could be at home. I used to work in retail like 60 hours a week. I was a manager. And so I just had to like work like a dog pretty much all the time. And when I had my daughter, sometimes I would go to work at night, like I would do a night shift and then I would have a morning shift. So literally I would like leave, she'd be in bed when I left. And then when I left for work in the morning, she'd still be asleep. So I'd go like almost two days without really seeing her. And I was like, this just isn't what I want to be doing. And so I love systems because it does a lot of work for me in my business with automations and workflows and things like that to be able to have more time in my life, to be able to spend with my family, to be able to go on vacations and do all of that. And then when it comes to the business side of things, um, I recently hired a team member. So I finally have an assistant and she is incredible. I don't know how I lived without her, (laughs) Um, but having my systems in place before having her come on, even though she is a tech VA, it really helped me bring on the right person um, Mm -hmm. because my application process was very systemized. All of that, and then I had things in place like my SOPs for things. So she came into it wasn't perfect. I mean, I needed a VA for a reason, um, but it wasn't chaos. And I wasn't just like, I don't know what to have you do. I don't even know what I need a VA for. I had a plan in place because mm-hmm. of those systems, which now has helped me have my business grow just in the last few weeks of having her.
1: I think that's that's a good point that you made because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, I myself included we hire VAs and we are in that place of like, well, I don't really know what to teach you or what to tell you to do, but we just expect them to know what to do. Exactly. And I think systems like really help support that role and like help them develop and grow like into the role that maybe you're looking for.
0: Yeah. And I think that is like a big um, like question that people have It's like, well, you know, how do I know if I need like a VA or like, what's the difference between a VA and like hiring an expert on this? Mm And so, you know, for you, for example, with being a website designer, you know, I could have a tech VA that comes in to help, you know, me manage my website or mm-hmm. put in some graphics here and there where I need them, but I can't just have her come in and, and expect that she knows how to build out my website as if I was hiring you to build out yeah. my website. Yeah. So it's like, there's a big difference between bringing in someone to help you like as an assistant, then bringing in someone that's an expert on what you need need help in, like hiring me to build out your Dubsado as opposed to having your VA set up your workflows for you.
1: What tips would you have? Because there are a lot of people out there that, Hey, I'm looking for a VA. I just saw it the other day. I'm looking for a VA to help with web design, branding, accounting, um, like all of the above, which I think in my, gone are the days of the all around VA. Mm -hmm. It's more specialized, but like what tips I guess, how do we break out of this? (laughs) You know, people looking for all around VAs. I think it's just,
0: it's because we're doing all of the things. We're wearing all the hats in our business. So when we think we're going to outsource, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to give them like everything under the sun that drives me crazy. And that's what I'm going to have them do. And Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, like what, like break down your list of things that I started jotting down everything that I do in my business. And then I use a highlighter method where I would highlight things that I love to do that I Mm, didn't want someone else to touch. And then I did things that I, I highlighted in a different color, things that I could delegate. And then I wrote next to that color, what that position would be. So was that more of a tech VA, which is what my assistant is, or is this more of someone that handles like graphic, you know, like social media stuff? Because Those are two different things. You know, someone that is like my assistant that is very techie, she knows the ins and outs of all my systems isn't necessarily the same person that I would have create and design all of my social media graphics. And I think that's where people get confused or they put these posts out on Facebook groups, like like you said, like looking for everything under the sun and then also expecting not to pay that person very much. And it's like- Well, like that's a lot of stuff to have them do. So really break down specifically like what those positions would be. And remember that sometimes that means It's going to be different positions, but that doesn't mean you have to hire all those positions at one time, hire what you really need at that moment. And for me, I needed someone that knew systems so that they could help me, not just with mine, but with my clients, because our workload is becoming a lot and I want to make sure that I have the help to support that for me and my clients.
1: Yeah. And I think there's a mindset piece in that, like you have to overcome I don't know if it's necessarily scarcity mindset, but the idea that one person can do all these things, you're looking for help, you're one person, you can do all the things so you can't have that expect- ex- expectation for someone else. Exactly. Um, I think that's a huge thing because you're, you're looking for the cheap method and then I see this all the time and I'm sure you have, they go for the cheap method and then what happens? They're disappointed.
0: Exactly, yeah, it happens a lot like i this is something that I hear a lot in the systems world. It's like, oh, like I said, like I could just have my v a do this, or you know things like that, and it's it's a lot different when someone specializes in something, and like this is like all they do, yeah. um, and you know you know with us, it's like this is our business, like you're an incredible website designer, I like live and breathe systems. Like yeah. I have dreams of workflows. I swear.
1: Oh, I um, have dreams of like, desi- like uh, web
0: design. Hey, that's when you know that we love what we do. We're just yeah. always thinking about it, but it's just, it's so different to have, you know, an expert do something as opposed to outsourcing to a VA. And I'm not saying don't bring a VA on. I love mine. Like I said, I don't know how I lived without her for so long. Um, but you have to just be, um, mindful and realistic of what those expectations are going to be for the end result. Um, and just remember like with the whole, like, how do we not give everything to one person? Well, you right now trying to wear all the hats isn't working. And Mm -hmm. if you try and then have someone else wear all the hats, it's probably not going to (laughs) work either. So just think about how stressed out and overwhelmed you're feeling doing all of these things that you're trying to have someone else do. And then that's going to trickle down onto your team, which then is going to lead to them not wanting to work for you anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree. So diving into more client experience. Yeah. What would you say makes a good, or I guess let me back up to what are the most common types of clients that you work with?
0: Let's start there. The common clients that I work with are service providers. Okay. Um, It's usually who will need the CRM aspect of things. And a lot of times still like, you know, coaches and everything like that will still need that if they go through an application process. But there are so many programs like Kajabi and things like Mm -hmm. that, that have like those coaching programs that are like specific for coaching.
1: And it's super Um, lean versus (laughs) service-based.
0: Exactly. And so with service-based, like we need like, invoicing contracts, schedulers, like a client portal, like places to communicate with clients often, like all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like a lot, but with a CRM like Dubsado, you're able to have all of that in one place. Um, So I do primarily work with service providers. So, you know, photographers all the way to like copywriters and things like that. I'm not niche down to just, you know, like website designers or anything like that. Um, but I always kind of go with like the vibe of the person. Um, that's why I still go through an application process for my services. There's not like just, you know, book with me right away. Um, because it is kind of an extensive process to go through and build out your systems. And Mm -hmm. I want to make sure too, that this system is right for you. Even though I love Auto, Trello, Slack, If something else is better for you, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that these systems are best Mm -hmm. just to get your money. It's just not how we roll. So that's why I go through that process to make sure that we are both right for each other.
1: Yeah. And I think that's super important, especially like nowadays. Like there's, it's so easy to get a sale like, oh, yeah, I could do that. But the integrity piece isn't there of you actually don't know how to do that. (laughs)
0: Exactly. And like if they end up not being like the right person for you and then maybe they love it, but like you just didn't like it very much. Yeah. You're probably going to get referrals from them of more people (laughs) like them. So it's just, just like you want to get good referrals. It also works the other way where you'll get the same kind of client referrals from those clients. So you have to be particular in who you work with because it does come full circle.
1: Yeah, it does. So Let's zone in on service providers specifically. Yeah. What would you say makes a great client experience?
0: Yeah. So I always say like the big, like the three major things is when someone finds you and becomes a lead, um, when you go through your onboarding process and then your offboarding process. And there's so many things that fall into all three of those that a lot of times gets missed. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a post on on social media the other day about you know when a lead comes into your CRM and then they're just sitting there and it takes so long to hear back from you. Mm-hmm. Um, that is like the number one mistake I see when it comes to a lead process for service providers is okay. there isn't something set up to let people know when to hear back from you and also sticking to that. If you tell someone that you're going to get back to them in 24 to 48 hours, even if they aren't a good fit, you still need to get back to them. It -hmm. doesn't mean that you personally need to be, you know, writing an email every single time someone's not a good fit. That's what a workflow is for. Um, it is personalized to them, you know, depending on what system you have set up. Um, I have like a workflow in Dubsado for someone who's not a good fit. I just drop them in there, sends them an email, archives the project, does all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, just having that one piece when someone becomes a lead, of when they hear back from you, and just setting like an automatic email right away is so important because when someone comes into your system, your CRM, they're not just like a warm, like cool lead. Like this is a hot lead. They are coming into your system. They are ready to work with you or ready to hear more about your services. And you're not the only person out there providing what you provide. I am not the only person providing Dubsado. Mm -hmm. So if they don't hear back from me, they're going to go find someone else. And I could have been the right person for them. But if we don't connect, then we're never going to find that out. So having those three things set up when it comes to your process for when someone's a lead your process mm-hmm. for onboarding your clients, and then the process when the project is ending, making sure those are really dialed in are the three major things that really come into a client experience as a service provider.
1: Yeah, and I'd love to dive into each of those. So let's start with the the lead. And I like that you said that you're not the only one because you you aren't the only one that they've reached out to. They're mm-hmm. probably looking around, put in a few inquiries and so that's super important that you get back to them. Like exactly. even, even following up, we've gotten clients from just following up and they've said like, hey, we I appreciate you. No one else has really followed up. That just goes the extra mile and shows them that you are trustworthy and then you're also willing to put in the effort. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's huge. So the common mistake of the lead, let's close that gap. How would someone, how would that look like if, I know this is audio, but (laughs) um, what would that look like for someone to close that gap of just a super lean process if they are a good fit, if they're not a good fit?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's all about just having like one, the first step is making sure you have some kind of CRM. So making sure you have a CRM, um, popular ones are Dubsado, HoneyBook um 17 hats there's like a few other ones those are like the th- that i hear most often um and so making sure you have some kind of process where someone can fill out some kind of like inquiry form capture form something that can have some kind of trigger that automates i've seen a lot of people use google forms which Mm -hmm. I love a good Google form, um, but not for lead captures um, because unless you have something set up with like a Zapier integration or you have team members automatically checking it, you're always checking your email, like you will lose leads left and right or you won't respond to them and things like that. So really making sure that it's some kind of system that you can have some kind of automation aspect to it is really important, especially for the lead process. So I'm Dubsado certified, so I'm a little biased to Dubsado. (laughs) Just a little. I'm just a little biased, but um, I mean, I came from HoneyBook, so I've tried other platforms before. I've moved clients from 17 Hats to Dubsado, um, so, I've been in a lot of other systems, um, but my heart is with Dubs Auto for a good reason. Um, but when it comes to that, once they come into your lead capture, just making sure that they hear back from you, whether that's through an automation or if you don't have a system like that, that can do that, Um, making sure that somehow you're getting notified to reply back to them. Um, and then if you do have an automated email, just make sure that it lets them know when they can expect to hear back from you. If you don't put that, I hear a lot of times, like someone's like, gosh, like I sent an automated email, but then they're still like DMing me or they're Mm. still doing this. I'm like, Well, do you let them know when they can hear back from you? Or it's just like, like, we'll be in touch or like, thanks (laughs) for filling this out. And then it's like, okay, well, what's next? Like, give them some next steps or when to hear back from you. So that's how to really like close that gap there. And then when someone's not a good fit, it's just making sure you have a process for that of like, okay, do you just send them an email and just let them know they're not a good fit? Do you send Mm -hmm. them to a referral? Do you have something that's low ticket? Maybe they're not ready for your services. You know, I need someone that has their offers. Like we're not mapping out your offers for you. Like all Mm -hmm. of that, like you have to come to us with that. So maybe they don't have that yet and they're just not ready for a Dubsado build, um, do I have something else I can offer to them? Like my membership that can Mm -hmm. help them, you know, get ready for my services. Um, so making sure that you have those kinds of things set up. So then if someone's not a good fit that you have a next step for them and you're not just like, peace, see you later.
1: Now, do you check these applications or do you have your virtual assistant check them?
0: So, um, it's kind of a mix of both, um, in Dubsado, you can have, um, this is why it's superior in my opinion, um, in a lead capture, you can have certain answers that they put trigger certain workflows. So um, it kind of depends on what service they're interested in. Like if they are just wanting more info on my membership or something like that, my VA can just send that over to them. But if it's something about my services, she'll just maybe let me know um, or my system does um, because I do have Dubsado connected to our Trello board. Um, Mm -hmm. through a Zapier integration. So it lets us know when a lead comes through um, and then gives me tasks to then go in and check those or have her check them. Um, So it's kind of a mix of both. Um, It just kind of depends on what service they're interested in um, and what my um, automations have us do.
1: Yeah, no, I like that. Um, Okay. Before we dive into onboarding, offboarding, I'm curious, why did you choose Dubsado? Because- I know you're like the queen of Dubsado. I was in Dubsado. We actually moved to HoneyBook. I love HoneyBook. I know my reasons for it, but I want to hear, you know, why why did you choose Dubsado? What would make someone want to choose Dubsado over any other platform?
0: Yeah. I mean, and HoneyBook is great. I was with them for a long time. Um, but I just wanted more. I'm all about having one things on brand. Um, I like to think of things like when you think of your digital footprint and these digital softwares that you use, mm-hmm. start to think of them like your physical headquarters. If Courtney had a physical headquarters for her business, it would probably be on yeah. brand to you in your business. When you walk in, you would get Courtney and her business everywhere that you turn. And mm-hmm. that's what I like to have in my systems for myself and for my clients. So it's like your process. When you build out a website, you want to mm-hmm. make sure that every single page is on brand to oh, them. Brand. It makes sense. It make it's a, it's all about the customer journey on a website. Well, I'm all about the client journey of the systems. Mm-hmm. And with HoneyBook, the lack of customization yeah. of the client experience of how on brand it can be. That was one. Um, um, because I was tired of trying to like make it work and like Jimmy rig the system to have yeah. it look like on brand. And it just like was not, it wasn't for me with that. Um There is a client portal aspect that Dubsado has that I love. Um, clients can go in see like it's an actual portal that they log into their projects, emails, invoices, contracts, like all in this one portal. Um, and so I really love that aspect. And then third is, um, I'm going to give you guys four because I can't. <sighs> That I can't <laughs> choose. Third is going to be the workflows and the automations. Um, I did them inside of Honeybook, and Devs Autos are way more robust when you need them to be. Yeah, I know more Devs customizable. Auto, yeah, more customizable. Um, more like you know, when things certain things happen, so many more like triggers and actions and things like that. Um, like for you know, if a Like a certain form isn't completed, then like this can happen. Like, once a, you know, right after an appointment ends, like this can happen. Like, all of these certain things that you can trigger um, Mm -hmm. inside of there is just like way better, in my opinion. Um, I know Dubsado does have a learning curve, um, and that's why a lot of people don't like it because they're like, whoa. Like, it was way overwhelming
1: for me. That's why we went, like, it just did what I needed it to do. Exactly. Dubsato, because it's like, uh, it's like click up there's mm-hmm. so much you could
0: do it's it's overwhelming too
1: overwhelming
0: yeah um, and I get that because that's how I feel with click up like click up I'm yeah. like it but it's amazing yeah it is yeah I'm like click up it's just like not the way my brain works surprisingly you would think I'd love it because I love systems but yeah just I I can do I feel like Trello is like the underdog of like project management tools. A lot of people are like, oh, it's like what you start out with. And it's like, honestly, it's not just a lot of people don't know the capabilities inside of Trello. Like I can have things completely automated and systemized in there. You just have to like know how to do them or have someone set it up for you. Um, But when it comes to how robust it is, this was my number four is the community aspect of Dubsado and their customer service is so insane. Like their Facebook community, the, how quickly they respond to chats and their chat support, like it is just like nothing I've ever experienced in any other system. They really want you to succeed on their platform and the community is just really there to help you. So any system you use that has a Facebook group or anything like that, join it. Because when you have those questions, there are people there and experts like myself that can come in and help you out.
1: I think that's huge. And a good point that you made just right there is the support. And I think that also leads into a great customer experience. Yeah. The support, like how, how available are you? And are you able to answer questions? Because I'm just going to throw this out there. I, a lot of our clients who use Kajabi, they're not a huge fan of the support side. And so then like I'm left having to answer questions that Kajabi support can't answer. And it's like, that's not a a great thing to have, um, Mm -hmm. especially as a platform. So I think like as a service-based business support is huge.
0: Yeah, it really is huge. And being able to get answers to things, especially on a platform like Dubsado or a platform like Kajabi that does have a little bit of a learning curve. And to like, if you don't think of, think in systems like I do, it can just make your brain hurt just looking at these platforms. And so having (laughs) a community... Yeah, having a community where you can go to. I know Kajabi has a Facebook community. um, Dubsato has theirs. um, Like, really find Trello has one. Like, finding a community that you can join um, so that you can get those questions from other users. It's not Mm -hmm, just like people that built, like, for the Dubsado one, like Becca, the founder, she is in that Facebook group and her and her team do respond. But a lot of it is the community members, the Dubsado experts that are in there, um, to really help you because we are in the systems like all day. So we know how they run. So like what better people to be like helping you out than the ones that are like using it constantly. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that.
1: So let's dive into the client onboarding process. Yeah. What are some of the major components that you would recommend for a service-based provider to have a great onboarding process?
0: Yeah. For onboarding, um, the biggest things I will say is um, I'm going to go back to kind of like what you said, like how available you are. Um, is to really set your boundaries. Um, That is something that a lot of people don't do in their onboarding process. And they're like, why is my client (laughs) texting me at 2 a.m.? I'm like, okay, why does your client have your phone number in the first place? Yeah. (laughs) Red flag. (laughs) Um, But like setting those boundaries, like my clients know my office hours. I don't take client calls or anything on Mondays. I am not available on Mondays. That is my day for my business. It's also like we're getting back in the swing of like the school week and things like that. That is not a day I answer client calls. Um, And so they know my office hours. It's very laid out in my welcome guide. It's inside of their Trello board. I send them a message about it in Slack, all automated, I will say. Um, This isn't me going in and messaging them and telling them these things. Um, But letting them know your boundaries and setting those ahead of time is like the number one mistake I see in an onboarding process that is missed is setting those from the beginning because it's really hard to go back and set those yeah. once someone's already been crossing them, but they didn't know they were crossing them because you didn't tell them. Yep. Um, so that would be the first thing. Um, next would be to make sure that you let them know if you have team members that are going to be communicating. Um, this is another step that's mess- missed a lot. Um, because then clients will get messages from like my assistant Shay and be like, who is this girl? Um, but that doesn't happen for us because they are introduced to her from the beginning. Um, so letting them know what your team dynamic is like and who's going to be reaching out to them for what. Um, and then third would be, what are the next steps? Like, what do they need to do next? Is there pre-work? When is that due? Um, like what are the steps in the process? Um, we have a three week process for our Dubsado builds. And so we lay out what happens during those three weeks, Mm -hmm. what is expected of them, what is expected of us and how it's going to go about and what we need to do to move forward. So just laying all those out so that you're setting the boundaries, you're letting them know how the communication is going to happen. And then you're letting them know what the next steps are, are the three like big things that I would say you need to incorporate in your onboarding process.
1: Yeah. Just really setting those expectations and, yeah, you know, like in the beginning, I'm sure when you first started, it was kind of messy and like you learned oh, yeah. the boundaries. You're like, oh shoot, this is the boundary I need to set. Yeah. Like, oh,
0: our, I'm still learning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like totally. our process
1: now is super strict compared to what it used to be. Mm -hmm. and it's just like it it's just a form of respect for me my team and also the client like Mm -hmm. you have to come at boundaries it's a healthy respect thing like it has nothing to do with them but it actually in turn helps them in the long run it helps the working relationship
0: yeah definitely and Just, I love that you said like, you know, from the beginning to like where you guys are at now, that's because you audited and refined your process. A lot of times people think once they create a process for something, (laughs) it's set in stone. Well, if you created a process for how you create your reels and it's set in stone Well, they have changed the way that you can do reels on Instagram probably 10 times since then and your process wouldn't make sense. So you need to remember that your process should always be audited and refined in your business as your business grows. Because if you use the same process for when you started your business, that means you're not growing your business. And then mm. that's a problem. So really going and refining those processes. If you have a team, get their feedback. Yes, you're the CEO of the business, but your team is there to help you. And I ask, like, I've only had her for, we're recording this in February right now of 2022. But like I've only had her for a couple weeks now but I already go to her for questions, like yeah. asking her like, Hey, like, what are your thoughts on this process? Because she's a team member and I want her feedback on things. Um, and I value her opinion. And if I didn't, then I probably shouldn't have her on my team. Yeah. So, um, really going to them and seeing what they would see. Cause sometimes they see gaps and things that you may not because you're in it all the time. And with her being fresh eyes in my business right now, this is like prime time for me to see, okay, Hey, like what are things that we could change here? Like, what are your thoughts on this? And then trying them out. We have a, um, SOP bank in our Trello board where Mm -hmm. we write out every single process, all of the steps that go into seeing that process through. And we have labels on there when we are, in progress of trying these processes out. So we have like a label that says like currently trying process out, or it says like needs revision or is strong. Like, so Mm -hmm. then we know to go back and revise that. But even if a process is strong, doesn't mean that we're never going to touch it again. So, um, just always know that they should be audited and refined as your business grows.
1: Yeah. And another, another thing to do is ask your clients. Like that's one thing that we ask and which will move us into the offboarding process, but we send them a questionnaire and one of them is in there, the tough question of what can we do better? What about Mm -hmm. this process would make it better, smoother, easier? And, you know, sometimes we get good feedback or like, uh, constructive feedback. Um, And the thing that we do is if we're getting the same constructive feedback, then that tells me we need to go back and refine something. Um, And then we get great. Like, oh, your process is great. Like, um, but I think it's also important to get that feedback from the clients that are actually going through it.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought that up because a lot of times people will get those replies and be like, oh, I need to change everything. Like, okay, we get one response. People pleasing. Yeah, rip up the papers. (laughs) Like, we're starting over. Like, this is not a drill. Like, people are freaking out. No, like, I like that you wait until, unless it's something like crazy, like, oh, yeah. No, we didn't hear back from you for three weeks. Like, okay, that's something that we need to address. But if it's something like a, a little change in your process, but it's not something that you've heard a lot and you've gotten yeah. really great feedback on that part maybe wait a little bit or keep track of those mm-hmm. people get those testimonials or those those feedbacks requests and I would say I was about to say nine times out of 10, but it probably way too high. Um, maybe half the time people only grab the good testimonial part and then they don't even pay attention to all the other parts that they put in there. Yeah. Take those parts. So for you, if you have a section like that, that says, you know, what are areas we can improve on our process, Make sure that you have somewhere that you can keep those. Mm -hmm. So we actually send like an onboarding like request, like to hear how their onboarding experience was with us and I will take those, like if there is feedback, I drop them into our SOP for our onboarding process. Mm -hmm. And then that way we can keep track of those comments. If there are any like constructive criticism comments and put those in there. So then we can see that pattern that you're talking about instead of like having to sift through all these testimonial forms or only taking the, the pretty stuff to put (laughs) on an Instagram post. Um, but you have to take the negative stuff too because that's what's going to help your business grow and that's what's going to elevate your client experience.
1: Yeah. So what would you say like moving into the offboarding process yeah. what are some major components that someone would need to have a great experience there?
0: Yeah, so for offboarding um is figuring out if you have some kind of like support phase or anything like that. Um, and like kind of before you just like go into like, you know, archiving a project or anything like, is there a support aspect of it? So for our system builds, we provide Slack support, um, for our larger builds, it's three weeks of Slack support. Um, that way they're learning their new system. They can ask us questions, things like that. Um, so what does that look like? If you offer any kind of support, some people don't, and that's okay. Um, but figuring that out, um, and letting them know the timelines for those. So it's not like, this isn't forever support. Mm-hmm. Um, and then letting them know when that ends. Um, next is going to be, if there's like anything that they need to do in the offboarding phase, like for me, if they're going onto a Trello board, um, I have them have a checklist of what they need to do. Like make a copy of your Trello board to your account, because mm-hmm. I am going to close this board. Cause I don't want... 50 boards for clients like piling up. So I have them make a copy of it, you know, make sure that they have everything that they need in there, all of that kind of stuff. Um, make sure that there aren't any like last questions that they have about their build, all of that. Um, so go through kind of like a checklist or something for them to do. Um, and then the one thing, as we were talking about testimonial requests is that, I don't know how many times someone has told me that they send testimonial requests like months or a month after a project like
1: you oh, know I'm oh, glad I you're I bringing wanna, like
0: bombard. yeah like I don't want to bombard them or send it to them like too early But at the end of the day, we are so busy in our businesses, and our lives. And am I going to remember all of the good or all Mm -hmm. of the bad or anything about a project that happened months ago compared to if I got that request earlier on? Mm -hmm. Probably not. So we send that during our offboarding phase, um, just about like how everything was going. And then we send a follow-up one just because of how this will probably be the same for you of like, later on of how their website's been going or things like that, how their, you know, conversion rate has it, you know, things, you know, what were you struggling with before Mm -hmm. and after a month, you know, what's great, but actually getting a request about how their experience was with you is something that you should be asking pretty soon after the project ends when you are front of mind for the client.
1: Yeah, and so you so what you're saying because I might be learning something here for us. <laughs> yeah. um, you send out the review questionnaire. We do that right away too because yeah, again, people get busy. If I was doing a, a project, I, I'm much more likely to fill it out then and there versus a month later. I'm like, oh. I forgot. I'm not going to do it. Um, so you send that out after you work together and then what you're saying a month or two after you send out another questionnaire or just like a follow-up email.
0: I send out another questionnaire. It is inside of a follow-up email. Like I put the form inside of their portal in Dubsado and then I send them a, like a little questionnaire, super quick. Just saying that I would love to hear like how their build is going, mm-hmm. um, and then that way we can also see if they have any like need for anything following up. So this is how you have a retention of clients. Is for you maybe you built out a website and maybe mm-hmm. you maybe they didn't need a sales page at the time, but if you put something in that follow up questionnaire of like is there anything that you've been needing to add to your website? And someone yeah. says a sales page, okay, well, then you have another client. <laughs> yeah. yeah or the same client, but they're coming back to you. And instead of, you know, waiting until they come around, it's like, oh, you never know. Like sometimes, I mean, we're always adding things to our businesses. And for with systems, like sometimes people add a new service or they're wanting to like update and add a new kind of workflow or something like that. Like something that's like somewhat minimal. It's not a huge build, but since we know their system so well, they're probably going to come to us to do it instead of asking someone else to go in there and do it. So, um, doing something like that could be really great. You can kind of play around for you of like how long you want to wait to send that out. Um, but I think that's really great to get that feedback of, especially if you did like a refresh of their website or something like that. And then that way you can see kind of their before and then their after transformation because they're not going to have that a week after the project ended. They're not, they're going to be like, um, I think, (laughs) I don't know.
1: Yeah, and that's definitely something and guys you're hearing it now like I'm learning something new myself. Yes, we send out a follow-up email, but it's I think we're at like five to six months later after mm-hmm. like a website project. But what we could do is like shorten that to three months and send it with a questionnaire. Yeah, I think that would be a great idea.
0: Yeah. And then that's also a great time to ask like for any referrals too. Like if you have a referral program or anything like that for clients, um, to see if they have anyone. And then you could even like, if you do have a referral program, like let them know about it inside of that questionnaire or inside of that email. Um, yeah. because you know, maybe they're like, Oh yeah. Like, my friend Susie just said the other day she wanted to move to Kajabi. And why didn't I think of Courtney? Like, yeah, yeah, here's her info. Um, that happens all the time. So figuring stuff out like that. And that's where just like mapping out what you would want that journey to be. Like go to your whiteboard that's behind you and like write out exactly like from when someone finds you as a lead all the way through, like, you know, however long you would you would expect them to see results on their mm-hmm. website transformation where are those milestones that you want to have part of that client experience and then build that out into your system
1: yeah i love that i definitely love that um so then that leads into the referral process so yeah. what tips do you have for service providers since you're big on referrals like how can they i'm sure like setting up this process, but what are some other things they can maybe incorporate to get those referrals?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, for referrals, the biggest thing, and I'm sure you feel the same is networking, Mm -hmm. um, like really building your network of other people, um, and I think people get like tripped up on this is like, well, what, like, who do I network with or what kind mm. of industries One, I mean, obviously you want to like network with people that you like gel with. Like, yeah, I love chatting with Courtney. And <laughs> so like, I the don't... DMs yeah, in the, we're always in the DMS together and but like, I, I don't just refer people to her because she works in Kajabi. Mm -hmm. Like I know other people that work in Kajabi, but it's because I've developed a relationship with Courtney. And one, I can see her skill level is like insane all over her social media. Uh (laughs) I've seen things like, so I know that. And that's where your process for content marketing needs to be like on point. And then I've also just developed that relationship with her because if I'm going to refer someone to someone and then Mm -hmm. they have a bad experience with that person, that doesn't reflect just on Courtney, that also reflects on me. And so I'm really big on who I refer people to. So be very particular on like when you are building your network of referrals because it does trickle back to you, Mm -hmm. um, good or bad. So really build up your network. Um, What I always like to do is to... Chat with people and build those relationships where we have similar um, ideal clients in similar industries that complement each other. Where yeah. someone for me that may need a system build, well, maybe they like, I have a lead right now that wants her system build for her coaching program. Well, she may also want Kajabi at some point, which she mentioned to me. Well, who do you think I'm gonna send her to? Courtney. So it's like finding people that have similar industries that you can refer people to is really great. Um, because then you have similar clientels that complement each other. Yeah. Um, where like if someone needs a website and also needs a system build, like our what we do complements each other very well. So um most of my referrals and my networking has come through Facebook groups social media clubhouse, um, you know, finding podcasts to get on, um, mm-hmm. and then just, you know, building networks of like other people. So then people I've built a network with, maybe they know someone else and it just all comes together, but it's all about talking and having those relationships and getting out of your comfort zone of just like the two people that you talk to in the online space.
1: Yeah. And I think two parts of that is one finding other for us, like finding other designers when we're full, like who can we mm-hmm. send that? Cause I hate when a client comes for help and I have nowhere to send them. Yeah. So like having that network of resources, referrals really helps you. And then also one thing that I've learned in the past year is yes, you have these relationships, but you have to maintain them. It's like, yes. a, Intimate relationship, you have to maintain it and put work into it. And that's, I was having this conversation with someone I partnered with recently. He's a business coach, and we're like, hey, like we can help each other out. But so what we've created is actually like a consistent workflow of like, hey, can you come into our Facebook group to teach like once a month or once a quarter? And then like just to keep that relationship going. I think there's important things that you could put in place because, let's say, like I've had partnerships before and they've kind of fizzled out because Mm -hmm. I didn't take the time to nurture that and like keep that relationship going.
0: Yeah. And it also has to be like a two way street. It can't Mm -hmm. just be like, oh, like, You know, and it's, you know, we can't control who comes to us for certain things. If like more people come to me and also need Kajabi help versus, you know, not a lot of people coming to you and also needing systems help. We can't control that. <laughs> um, but you that would also, be a perfect um, world. Yeah. In a perfect world to be 50, 50. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, like you just, like you said, have to keep building that relationship and it always doesn't have to be just for clients. Mm-hmm. You know, it could just be to bounce an idea off of each other. Like I was talking to Courtney about something that I was like, seeing was like missing in the Kajabi world. And I was talking to her about it. And because like, I knew she worked in Kajabi and I wanted to talk to her about this. And so there's other ways to build those relationships to help other people and not just think of you, you, you all the time. And like, Oh, well, like I'm going to do this partnership. So they send me a bunch of clients. Like you have to also have a relationship. Like it's, it needs to be an actual, like you know, online friendship or, you know, business relationship, whatever it is, but actually building that and maintaining it because then it, like you said, it's just going to fizzle out.
1: Yeah. I I had that, like, um, I'm friends with another designer online. She's more of a brand designer and like, Mm -hmm. she's helping me with something I'm struggling with, like, and show it just a little thing. And I'm like, that never would have happened if we just didn't connect and talk and The online space can be very
0: good and very bad at the same time. Yes. I know. Well, it gets into that like competitive aspect. And I'm just like, I'm all about the whole like collaboration over competition. Like there's room for all of us at the top. And I would never like, I'm never going to. Turn away someone. Yes, you have to like set your boundaries if it's getting past a point of like getting giving someone too much like free help. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, like if there's something like little I can help someone with, like someone will have an issue with like a Zap connection, and it'll take me like two seconds to just show them a Loom video really quick, as opposed to me being like, oh yeah, pay me like. <laughs> for me to go into your Zapier and connect this in two seconds, you know? So I, you have to like kind of find your boundaries and figure out what that looks like. But at the end of the day, is that give and take relationship and building that. And you do have to, you know, it's like Being on social media and being like, "Well, I don't want to give a lot of free value because I get paid Uh, for my knowledge." It's all online anyway. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm like nothing. You didn't come up with this. (laughs) Did not come up with Dubsado workflows. So, (laughs) (laughs) I wish. Uh, Yeah, right. I don't know. That'd be cool. (laughs) Yeah,
1: millionaire.
0: Yeah, right. Uh,
1: Oh, well, this was so good. Uh, I'm glad we did this. And I think client experience is huge, but it's not really touched on a lot. Um, So this will be super helpful. So I have two questions that I like to wrap up with. Yeah. And we'll dive into those and then um, you can share where people can find you. But what's one book that has had the biggest impact for you and why?
0: Oh gosh. Well, I'm going to be like full transparency. I'm not a big reader. Okay. Um, (laughs) I'm really not. Mom life, like unless it's audio, like, and even then I, I'm just like all over the place. Like it's hard for me to like sit and actually finish a book from like start to finish even audio. I like to just like, that's why I love podcasts because I just want to like, yeah. Like I just want to know, like, yeah. Give things, it. The yeah. Goodness, right. Yeah.
1: Okay, <laughs> um, so maybe do, a podcast or a course that has had a big,
0: like, a big I love impact. it. Okay. Yeah. That works. Maybe uh, this is why I resonate with a lot of people who are like, Oh, me too, girl. <laughs> I'm <Like, I am laughs> not a big reader. Um, but okay. So for podcasts, I've really been liking the boss project podcast. Um, it, they have like a different name for it, but it's their podcast. Um, so I really like theirs. Um, and then when it comes to like courses and online stuff, um, Shannon from the social bungalow, um, obsessed with her, her brain is like, I just, I cannot. (laughs) Um, and so I've taken a few of her courses before. Um, actually just went through her content sprint week and it was so helpful. Um, I know content marketing, but like I needed, um, like elevated Mm. process. And so sometimes like we get into like, well, we kind of know this, even with Dubsado, you know, like I'm a certified Dubsado expert. I am always learning more about mm-hmm. Debs auto. I'm not just like, I know everything. Like this, the, is, uh, yeah. this is what I do. I'm always increasing my knowledge because that's only going to help myself and that's only going to help my clients. Yeah. Um, and Drop so I, I really love um, learning from her. Um, and then I am just, like I said, all about the Debs Auto community. So um, depending on when you guys are going to listen to this, Um, They do have a bunch of webinars that are coming out this month. Um, I'm actually doing one for them on how to use Dubsado as a guest speaker. Um, And so I go into all about like the workflows, how I set things up for the guest speaking side of my business, both free and paid. Mm -hmm. Um, And so going through those webinars are so great. They have them on like how to use them as a photographer, how to use Dubsado as a coach, like so many webinars and they're on, you can, um, register for them on their Instagram and then they're also on their YouTube channel.
1: Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. I wish, I wish HoneyBook had more automations maybe in the future.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah, maybe in the future. I know that they're always like updating and doing things. So hopefully,
1: hopefully, uh, what piece of advice would you tell your younger self?
0: Oh gosh. Okay. What piece of advice would I tell my younger self? Um, <laughs> I was about to say like, oh gosh, I don't know how people will feel about this answer, but don't just like jump in and go to college. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, went to college for one year because that's what all the cool kids did that's what you do. Went to college after high school. Um, I went to a private, um, high school. So I'm very strict. So I went to a big party school because like, obviously, like, then you want the complete opposite. Yeah. Um, And I just went to college just to go. Like, I was like, this is what you do. I was going to be a kindergarten teacher, which now like I have two kids. (laughs) I cannot imagine being a kindergarten teacher. Like I would lose my mind. Me too. Um, And so like, I would just say, don't just jump in and do things. It's like the Are you gonna jump off the bridge? Yeah, jump off the bridge. That's what I did. I jumped off the bridge and I face planted. Um, and it just wasn't for me. Um, I ended up leaving after my first year. I was shopping at Forever 21 one day, and some lady was like trying to find some sweater somewhere, and I helped her find it just because, like, I knew where it was because I shopped there every day. And the manager was like, do you want a job? I was like, (laughs) sure. Um, And so that's what started my career in retail management. And then I was a manager by the age of 19, I was like that little short person behind the counter when they're like, can I talk to your manager? I'm oh, like, yeah. that's me. Um, but I just like, I grew in that industry. I worked in retail management for six years. It's what helped build. Honestly, it was a stepping stone to what I do now. Um, it seems like so polar opposite, but I learned so much about the customer journey working oh, in yeah. retail. And now I take that into the client journey. So yeah. um if you haven't mapped out your origin story, which is like looking back on where you start, where you are now and all of the steps it took you to get there. So I went all the way back to my first job. This is like um, an exercise one of my friends had me do. And mm-hmm. I went all the way back to my first job. And then I mapped out what steps it took me to get to that next position. Mm. What hurdles did I have to overcome to get to that position? And I mapped that all the way to where I am now. And it helped me really define my why. And it also helped me really define my areas of expertise, as well as my opportunities for growth. Um, So if you haven't mapped out your origin story, I highly suggest it. Um, because then you may be able to answer that question that I just did.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love that. I'll have to do that too. It's cool. Yeah.
0: It's a, it's a cool exercise. Like it ended up being like crazy long. I did it in a Google doc, like put like check boxes underneath things. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so long. Um, but it's <laughs> cool to just take out the pieces.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, where can people find you? Um, anything exciting happening?
0: Yeah. Um, so you can find me over on Instagram or my website. It's the social lifestyle co um, my website will hopefully be up and running soon. It's my doing. I am like so slow at like, do I finally got someone to do my copy because, Oh yeah. Copy is the, Oh my gosh. I just cannot. I love like, Copy in my systems. Like I can write a canned email, like nobody's business. But when it comes to like writing copy for a website, it's just not my jam. So you can find me over there. Um, and then exciting things. Um, so my webinar for Dubs um, happens on the 24th of February um, at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Will there be um, a replay? So say that again. Will there be a replay? Um, yes, there will be a replay, um, also on their YouTube. So all of the webinars end up on their YouTube channel too. Um, so you can find that again, it's about how to use Dubsado as a guest speaker. Um, and so I walk through the workflows, automations, like everything that I do when it comes to that. Um, and then, um, you can apply to work with us if you want a systems build for Dubsado, Trello, or Slack. Um, we have a three week process for it. Um, and we do work with one client at a time, um, because we like to really dive deep into your system and to have it be a very intentional experience together. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Well, cool. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. You guys will definitely have to check her out and she provides a lot of content on like, you know, just client experience and then systems as well. So definitely go check her out on Instagram. Um, But yeah, this was really good. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Courtney. All right, guys, we'll catch you on the next episode. As always, thanks for listening. And if you love this podcast, don't forget to subscribe or leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend or on Instagram to help support the show. If you want additional resources to help you grow your business, you can find them on my website at CourtneyMarieCo.com or below in the show notes.